Hi there, and welcome to this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire. As I'm speaking to you today on the Christian calendar, it's the beginning of the season of Lent, which is our shared journey as Christians to the cross of Jesus Christ. And it's worth noting that for Jesus himself, that journey began in the wilderness, which interestingly enough is a place we find ourselves as well, though not always in the way we think. Based on the story of Jesus' time of temptation in the wilderness from Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 14, this is the message entitled, In the Wilderness. Just after his baptism in the River Jordan, and before even he'd begun his public ministry in earnest, before he performed his first miracle, before he preached or taught or healed anyone, we're told in our text for this morning that before any of this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. Now, having said that, I would confess to you this morning that if I could have possibly ended our reading today right there with only that very first verse of Luke chapter 4, it would have been, at least for me, perfect. Because, you know, the whole notion of Jesus having been led by the Holy Spirit to go into the wilderness for 40 days was and is for me an apt description of a long-held secret desire of my own. It is one of the central items on my particular bucket list, if you will. I mean, after all, The Gospels all tell us that it was in those 40 days spent in the wilderness that prepared Jesus for ministry. It was, according to Barbara Brown Taylor, the great pastor and author, Jesus, quote, learned how to trust the spirit that had led them there, and then it led him out again with a kind of clarity and grit he could not have possibly found anywhere else. Friends, that's what I've always kind of envisioned it should be for me, friends. I see myself. Oh, boy, this vision is so very clear. I see myself out there surviving the wilds, (laughs) living off the land, having a clear sense of purpose, a deeper understanding of all manner of wisdom and most especially faith, and truly being able to quote the late, great John Denver to talk to God and listen to his casual reply. Rocky Mountain High, in case you didn't know. (laughs) See, I've long felt that, that if only I could follow the Spirit's leading out into the deep woods, that surely I could garner at least something of that same kind of clarity and grit that Jesus received. Of course, I also have to confess that mine is more of a romanticized version of the wilderness. Truthfully, if I'm being really honest, my vision of roughing it out in the wild 
generally involves a warm, well-lit cabin in front of a gurgling brook outside and a blazing fireplace snapping and burning inside. You know, it's the kind of scene that you find on a, on a calendar page or on a jigsaw puzzle. I re realizing when we do jigsaw puzzles in the winter, those are the kind of pictures we gravitate to. Maybe it's my age. I don't know. Or perhaps, truth be told, I'm just soft. But the idea of sleeping out on the cold, hard ground under the stars would be fine for one night. Maybe even two. But 40? With no food? No shelter? No resources? No relief? And oh, if we're going to compare this to Jesus in any way, shape, or form, you can't ignore that little matter of those 40 days spent being tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. Because yes, Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, but that's only where the story begins. And rather than serving as a glorified spiritual retreat, relaxing in the garden spot around the Jordan River, this was Jesus' wilderness exam, if you will. A time of testing out in the dry, barren desert. The place where Jesus went without food for weeks and weeks, and in the end, as we're told in Luke, was famished. And precisely the place where the devil came in and tempted him again and again and again. Tempted him with bread tempted him with power, tempted him with protection, one after another, all in the attempt to put Jesus to the test, perchance that in the process Jesus' head might be turned and that he would lose sight of, of who he truly was. And in accepting the easier choices, more convenient choices, the oh-so-tempting choices. Maybe he would be something different coming out of the wilderness than when he went in. Forty days of it. And I don't care who you are. The wilderness is never an easy place in which to dwell. It's never what you're expecting. And truth be told, it could be well more than you can handle. And if you go in there not being strong and resilient in the wilderness, and if you're not able to rely on God out there, the truth is that you might not survive. And even if you do, you will end up with nothing left for the journey that's ahead. In Paul Stutzman's book, Hiking Through, wonderful story that I read last summer, it's his memoir of his journey on the Appalachian Trail. And, and in and through that book, he actually writes again and again of all those people, good people, that he met along his journey who never made it all the way from where that trail begins in Georgia all the way up to Mount Katahdin outside my hometown in Maine. Stutzman writes that some of those people were not even able to last on the trail more than a day or two. 
And the reasons for not being able to make it were many. Some of them were simply unprepared, ill-equipped for this journey. Others failed to anticipate just how arduous hiking on that trail was truly going to be. And maybe for some of them it was, well, quite frankly, kind of a take-it-or-leave-it walk in the woods. And they had no problem at all abandoning that walk at the first chance of trouble. See, like I said to you before, no matter who you are, the wilderness is no easy place to dwell. Now, the story of Jesus being tempted by the devil in the wilderness is, is one that is on the Christian calendar, traditionally read on the first Sunday of Lent each year. It is there to remind us, you see, that Jesus, who was fully human as well as fully God, had to wrestle with the same kinds of fears and insecurity that every one of us here have to wrestle with. And we are told and we learn in this story that it was his full reliance on God that led him to resist the devil's tempting and thus remain faithful to his mission and his ministry. And that in and of itself is very important, friends. For to quote the Reverend Dr. Christopher Gerata, who is pastor and leader of the Episcopal Church in Texas, not only, he said, did this particular event shape Jesus' ministry that was about to unfold, but without the call and temptation, he writes, Jesus' human journey would have been incomplete. I think this story also shows us in graphic detail Jesus' first faithful and certain steps to the cross which is the reason I suspect that we read this passage at the beginning of our Lenten journey to the cross and why Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness corresponds with the 40 days we spend during the season of Lent drawing ever closer day by day to that hill in Golgotha outside the city walls of Jerusalem, ever closer to the cross that is waiting there. Because... Friends, whereas you and I almost certainly are not spending this particular 40 days languishing in the desert as Jesus did, and likely we never have spent that kind of time out there, nonetheless, I think I am safe in suggesting that you and I have spent some time in the wilderness, that wilderness with all its danger and all its temptation. And I dare say, it's never been easy. Now, maybe for you, your wilderness looked like a hospital waiting room. Or in the moments after your loved one has died. Or on the day after the funeral. Or that first time after all of that that you realize that you're all on your own. Maybe that was your wilderness. Or maybe your wilderness came in the piercing realization that your marriage was over, that nothing was ever going to be the same again, and that you were going to have to go forward on your own with all its uncertainty. Maybe your wilderness looked like your car on the day you lost your job and you felt like you couldn't even drive home. 
for fear you were going to break down once you got there. To quote Barbara Brown Taylor once again, it may even have been a kind of desert in the middle of your own chest where you begged for a word from God and heard nothing but the wheezing bellows of your own breath. Wildernesses, writes Barbara Brown Taylor, come in so many shapes, so many sizes, that the only way you can really tell you are in one is to look around for what you normally count on to save your life, and you find you have come up empty. No food, no earthly power, no special protection, nothing at all. Just a Bible-quoting devil and a whole bunch of sand. Now, to be sure, friends, none of us are asking for these so-called wilderness experiences, and we certainly feel no need to be tested in the midst of these impossible situations. In fact, I, I am sure you'll agree with me when I say we'd just as soon avoid those kind of journeys altogether. But as I think we also all know, such is life. Such is life its own self complete with all the temptations that go along with it. The temptation to fall into despair, for instance. The temptation to let our anger and bitterness rule our attitudes and our actions. The temptation to give up on any glimmer of hope altogether and just wallow in our suffering. The temptation to sit there and wonder where it was God went while you were going through it all. I know. It's not exactly the most uplifting thing I can be talking about from this pulpit, is it? And maybe, and I truly hope this is the case for you, maybe you're one of those people who've never really had to face the kind of deep and destitute wilderness experiences that I'm talking about here. Or maybe whatever you have faced was temporary. You know? Not so bad as to defeat you, but bad enough that even as I'm bringing this subject up, you're feeling the pain of it just a little bit. My point is, is there are very few of us if any of us, really, who can avoid the wilderness forever. Sooner or later, every one of us will get to take our own wilderness exam, our own trip to the desert to discover who we really are and what our lives are all about. And that, my dear friends, will be the place and the time that we need Jesus the most. For me, you know, the most interesting part of this story of Jesus' time in the wilderness is not so much that the devil comes to tempt him, but in the consistent way that Jesus responds. Jesus, if you're hungry, why don't you just turn that stone into bread? No. No says Jesus. It is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. Jesus, you see all these kingdoms in the world? 
Guess what? They're all mine, but they can be yours if you just say the word. No, says Jesus. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Jesus, it's, there's no question. You could throw yourself off the pinnacle of the temple and the angels will be there for you. Go ahead, go ahead, you'll see. No, says Jesus. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So you see, the devil might have been able to pull a few verses out of the Bible, but Jesus knew Scripture better than the devil. But even more than that, Jesus also knew to trust God in and through every one of those temptations and in everything else besides. And that's how he passed this so-called wilderness exam. And so it is as well for you and me in those inevitable times that we spend languishing in the wilderness of life and living. When all is said and done, you see, the temptations are ever and always going to be about distrusting God, about seeking to find a better and easier, a more convenient, more comfortable, but ultimately fruitless means of dealing with what life thrusts at us. Resisting temptation, however, basically comes down to trust, does it not? And when in the midst of it, the difficulties and uncertainties, we can trust God for our daily needs. When we can trust God for a true sense of purpose, no matter what's happening. When we can trust God to know that we are God's beloved child, that's who we always are and always what we're going to be, then the temptation to turn away from God loses its appeal. It's not to say that there might not be more temptations down the road. It's not to say, as we're told in Luke, that the devil might not depart until a more opportune time. Isn't that ominous? But what it does mean is that whatever comes, we're not alone in this world. Nor are we ever going to be alone in the wilderness, nor are we ever going to have to face all of our troubles and our fears and our heartbreak. Because we are God's beloved children, and God will be with us in and through it all. And God's love God's presence, God's power, God's forgiveness, God's guidance, God's hope, God's strength, all of it is real. And all of it will sustain us through this temptation and all the ones to come. And we know we will get through. And we know it's true. For Jesus has proven it to us by going to the cross. And so now the season of Lent begins. Now we start making our journey. Like Jesus, in one sense, we are turning our face towards Jerusalem, and there is where we must go. But we know we go not alone but in the presence of our Lord.
And as we come to that cross, as we draw nearer day by day by day, let us remember that we are not alone. And may our thanks for that be unto God. Amen and amen. And that's the message entitled, In the Wilderness. It was recorded during our March the 6th service of worship at East Congregational Church in Concord, New Hampshire. Now, if you'd like to be a part of one of those services live and in person, know that we gather every Sunday morning for worship at 10 o'clock at the church on 51 Mountain Road, just off exit 16 on I-93 in Concord, New Hampshire. Or you can always join us for one of those services live online via Facebook Live on our East Congregational Church Facebook page or afterwards posted on the East Church YouTube channel. However it happens, we would love to have you join us for worship and I think you'll be glad you did. And with that, we come to the close of this episode of the Love to Tell the Story podcast. I'm Michael Lowry and I do thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.